This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Good evening, everybody. My name is Chris. And I'm Christina. And this is The Talking Dead number 278, recorded on Monday, August the 29th, 2016. So you're back again for a second week. Yep. You excited? You happy to be here? Yes, I am. That's good. Yay. Uh, Jason wasn't quite ready to come back yet, uh, everybody, but um, uh, he he will be back soon. And we actually had a little chat with him earlier tonight. So I'm going to put that in right here, right now. We will get get to, of course, Fear the Walking Dead and everything else we're going to talk about. But uh, we need to hear a message from Jason first. And I think it's about... (laughs) eight, nine minutes long. So if you're really not interested in what's been going on with him, then skip ahead like eight minutes and uh, you'll miss most of it. But uh, otherwise, here he is. Hi, you're back. Hi. I am back. Special guest. That's right. Special, special guest uh, star. You're not going to be here for the whole time. You're just here to uh, let us know what you've been doing for the last week or so. Well, the last week I've been uh, I've been playing with my new baby. So we've had he's a week old now. Oh, my God. He's, he was a week old this morning. He was born on the 22nd. Uh, his name is Jasper Miles. Great and, name. Uh, thank you. It was, Love it. Uh, we, we like it. I named him after what I called uh, Lou Temple in The uh, in the Walking Dead. Yeah, that's right. That's, I kept referring to him as Jasper. That, that's a whole thing. And, and they included Daryl on the show using that name because of us. That's right. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> I forget Lou Temple's uh, character's actual name. Do you remember? He was, was it- a- Axel. Axel, right. <laughs> but to us, I could have gone with Axel Miles, too. That would have been worked, but uh, maybe. To us, he will always be Jasper. And now there is an actual Jasper in the world. So you had a baby? Yep. Well, really, Jenny had the baby. Yeah, she was. Uh, she did most of the work. I uh, pretty much was uh, there in the room, uh, but I saw him first. You saw him first? Yeah. Did uh, you? And then you held him for as long as you could until she was sort of out of the room and recovered and ready to... That's right. Yeah, ready to, ready to hold on to him. Ready to hold on to him. That's amazing, man. Well, people have been sending in, like everybody, almost all our listeners have been emailing in and sending in all their congratulatory messages to you. Well, thank you very much. And everybody. I could probably send them all to you, but uh, there's just so many. But everyone wishes you the best, and um, and and I'm glad you could come back at least for a few minutes this week to talk about it. And, yeah, and, and yeah. Uh, I haven't seen any of the Fear of the Walking Dead episodes as of yet. I have not watched more than about three minutes of uh, television, and I'm sad. I'm really sad to say that what I did watch was, uh, what was it, Bachelors in Paradise? Paradise, <laughs> whatever that Bachelor show that Jenny likes to watch. Uh-huh. Uh, I ended up watching about 10 minutes of that before we got distracted with uh, various uh, baby things. Uh, so that's the only television that I've watched in the last week. Well... That's kind of understandable, you know. I watched a lot of YouTube on what do you do when your baby won't fall asleep oh. or various <laughs> things like that. <laughs> you just keep trying, man. <laughs> yeah, you just, basically the internet says you got to live with it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, how's that going? Is he a good baby? Does he cry a lot? Does he does he sleep well? Uh, he sleeps pretty good on uh, in fits and starts. Uh, you know, he sleeps very short periods of time and then he wakes up and wants to feed or look around or... Mm-hmm. 
whatever. So we take them on a tour of the house every now and again. This is sure. the backyard. This is uh, this is what the office looks like. Uh, here's one of the cats. Here's the other cat. That kind how, of thing. How are the cats adjusting? Uh, Rosie's good. Rosie is very curious and up the stairs all the time, no matter what uh, Jasper's doing. Uh, Lily is a terrified thing that doesn't <laughs> like people and doesn't like <laughs> men in particular and seems to recognize this uh, Jasper as a person and a man. So she is uh, hiding most of the time under the dining room table. She's just having none of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's <clears throat> sounds like, I mean, it sounds like things are going okay. Yeah, no, things are going well. I got uh, almost six hours worth of sleep in the last 24 hours. Oh, I was going to, hmm. I was, that's better than I thought you were going to say in the last week. <laughs> no, it, uh, there's been some really sleepless nights, but uh, the last 24 hours have been relatively good. And I think we can attribute that to not leaving the house at all. Mm. Yesterday we had an appointment at the hospital. Uh, a couple of days before that we had a, you know, the introductory appointment with the pediatrician, that kind of thing. So we'd have to leave the house and put him in the car seat and all that kind of stuff, which meant when he got home, he was off kilter and we were off kilter because we were like, oh, this is a normal day. And today we kind of buckled down and said, this is not a normal day. We need to sleep whenever we can. Yeah, yeah that's that's sure. a good idea. You know, uh, Jenny was saying uh, the other day that uh, they, everybody says, everybody has says you sleep when the baby sleeps. But she's saying they don't tell you that you don't want to put the baby down in the bassinet. You just want to hang on to him. You yeah. can't sleep that way. No, you can't. And the other thing about that is I found that when our kids were babies, I didn't want to always like go to sleep when the baby was sleeping because it was the middle of the day or whatever. And you still have other things to do. Right. So you want to sleep when the baby's asleep at night and then Mm -hmm. during the day, maybe have a nap. But, you know, it's 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 a tough it's tough advice to follow. Yeah, for sure. My biggest problem with Sophie was that her naps during the day were never long enough. So then I knew that I'd doze off and immediately be woken up. So I was like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some babies just don't stay asleep for very long. Um, well, that's exciting. Jasper Miles is, is the man's name and he's a week old. And uh, I can, I can tell you it, you know, it just gets easier as the time goes on. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, There's some pretty rough nights. Uh, Cause he, uh, apparently babies, like to stay up at night because the uh the mother's breast milk contains something that's produced more at night than during the day so they know what they're doing so they stay up at night you know what the most amazing thing about uh breast milk and that sort of stuff is what that the mother's body analyzes the saliva of the baby to determine what it needs and it adds more and it adjusts the breast milk production for the next feeding it's incredible it's pretty, wow. it's the whole, the whole thing is pretty nuts. I don't it's, think I knew uh, that. Yeah. Incredible. The whole, the whole yeah. thing is pretty nuts. That's pretty, pretty much sums it up right well, there. Just the, the whole concept <laughs> of birth where, you know, the head has to go into the pelvis and then it has to turn one way and then it has to turn another way. And it's like just this whole uh, contortion thing just to, to get out. I mean, Jenny had a C-section, but uh, just when we were taking our prenatal classes and they were talking about uh, that whole process of the baby doing the twisting and turning and figuring out how to get out. It's like, that's, that's just nuts. There should be like a door that Iris is open in your belly, just like, oh, here's the baby. Thank you. And then it shuts and you're done. No? Well, that seems more efficient to me. Maybe in another few million years of evolution, there'll be a baby door built in. (laughs) So I for one vote for a baby door. All right. Very good. Well, on that note, um, someone out there start working on baby door concepts. Yeah. And um, we'll let you go and get back to it. 
because we've got an episode of Fear the Walking Dead to talk about here. Cool. Well, thanks for having me on. I'm sorry I couldn't uh, be on. Maybe next week uh, or the week after. I have no idea. Nobody's telling me anything. <laughs> you don't know the schedule yet. I don't know the schedule. Um, yeah, well, you'll you'll have to get back, but you just take your time and, and come back whenever you want to and are able to, and hopefully it's next week. Cool. Because as, as much as people enjoyed having you on, Christina, they, they also say they miss Jason, so... I miss being on. I kind of, and I miss watching the show. I feel kind of uh, out of touch with reality. Like I had, I don't have, I have very limited access to the outside world right now. Yeah, but I'm not sure missing TV shows should make you feel out of touch with reality. <laughs> well, no, just the news, reality, looking at the weather reports, uh, talking to people, uh, that kind of thing. Right. Okay. It's just, it's reality in general. Just TV and movies is just one aspect to it. That sure. someday I'm hoping to, you know, slowly increase the quantity of the amount of television and movies I once again can watch. Well, that's very good. I'm sure you will be able to. You know, I watch more TV now than I ever did in my whole life. And my kids oh, are nine, that's good. nine years old. <laughs> good to <so>. hear. <laughs> good to hear. Uh, all right. Well, we'll maybe talk to you next week or whenever, but uh, we'll get back to it now. And you can go and you don't even look that tired, you know. You look no, good. today's a good day. Today's a good day. All right. I haven't okay. had a shower today, but well, other than that. What are you going to do? I don't know if I showered in the first week. I had a shower yesterday. <laughs> oh, good for you. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. 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 Okay. So that's the story on Jason's baby. There you have it. Uh, and, you know, I, I won't recount it now because you just listened to it, but uh, that's cool. Hopefully he's back next week, but uh, whenever he comes back, he will be, it will be nice to have him here. Yeah, for sure. Not that it's not nice to have you, um, because Thanks. people people loved your contribution last week. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit, but uh, they were very, very happy, very complimentary. All the I was e- very happy with all that. Yeah. I was really happy to see all the tweets and all the Facebook feedback. It was great. Did you feel like it went well last week before, yes. before that? I did. That's good. I did. I hoped it did. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know. It, but I, I felt like it did. Yeah, I thought so too. I yeah. thought so too. It just uh it you see it reinforces the idea that you and I should start another show talking about something else. Yeah. Well, we got to figure something I out. I don't know what. I don't know if another TV show is right or if mm. something else is the right topic, but who knows. You never know Parenting. what Parenting. No. <laughs> there's not that. <laughs> uh, Early, earlier beer today. Beer and wine drinking. <laughs> Well, that might be right. Early, <laughs> earlier today, we had my parents come over to hang out with the kids for a while so we could watch Fear the Walking Dead and make sure we were ready to do this. Yes, so I, there, I don't know if parenting is the right. Well, and there was a bit of a disagreement on that because I thought you had given your mom full disclosure as to why we needed her here. And then when I discovered I didn't that re- she didn't know we needed her here so we could watch TV, I was like, are you serious? Well, we need babysitting so like, that what? we can watch TV. <laughs> Yeah. Not that we don't well, watch enough already. Yeah. And especially the type of TV we were watching. It's not like the kids could sit there and watch it or no. even play in the in the room. They'd no. be like freaked out. They would be freaked out and it's not appropriate. So I think no. we made the right call. Okay. Anyhow, um, let's talk about the Spotify playlist for a second. Last week I, I announced that and I asked people around the world to see if they could find it in their home country and it turns out it's out there so i got reports from 
well, Canada, of course, where we are, the U.S., England, Sweden, and Germany, that people nice. in all those countries found it, and I think Australia, too. But didn't you say there was one person who said they couldn't find it in their country? Uh, no, I think a couple of people had trouble searching for it, which I knew would happen because searching for the talking dead on Spotify returns a bunch of things and it doesn't mm. actually even return the, the playlist all the time. So you have to search for me. That's the easier way to do it. Uh, and, and then it's like the only playlist I have. So, and, and no word on renaming it to the rocking dead. Like I suggested, that's a good name. <laughs> I really think it's great. All right. Maybe I think you should rename it. I know it will mess all these people up now that we've told them talking dead, but well, I think it's like I'm just imagining a bunch of zombies rocking out to ACDC and it's pretty awesome. <laughs> sure. I've never <laughs> never played ACDC on here, but no, I know I do I'm love just, them. They're, I'm just using AC because if you're going to rock out to something, I mean, ACDC is a pretty good band to rock out to. It's not bad. It's not bad. So I don't know. It's we can refer to it as the rocking dead because I do think that's a pretty good name. Anyways, it should be available if you if you find it, follow it. That'd be great. Um and uh, it doesn't, you know, doesn't get us anything other than uh, just an easy way for people to keep track of the music I play. So there it is. And now one more thing before we get started that I just wanted to bring up. And I, I don't think I even told you this yet, but something happened to me on uh, Thursday. Oh, you did tell me. Yeah. Oh, did I? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I forgot. Okay. Some, something happened to me on Thursday morning <laughs> last, so cool. last week <clears throat> for the first time ever. And I... I'll be honest, I've kind of hoped this would happen or I've been I've been dreaming about this day for a long time. So I'll tell the short version quickly, but I was I was renting a car on Thursday morning and I walked into the car rental place which is not too far from our house and I was wearing one of my podcast t-shirts. I was wearing a shirt that said the Talking Dead in our font. And um this particular car rental place shared office was basically in a car wash it shared office with a car wash and so the two desks were right beside each other the car rental place and then the car wash desk so i'm standing there talking to the uh car rental woman and the girl working at the at the uh car wash desk looks over to me and says hey i didn't know they make t-shirts for that podcast <laughs> <laughs> and i was like well they do and do you listen to it and she said yeah and i said have you been listening for a long time? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, that's, that's cool because I record it. <laughs> and she said to me, no way. And I said, yeah, I do. And I, I asked her if she knew we were based out of Toronto or anything. And she didn't know that, but, uh, it was really neat. It yeah. was the first time I'd ever been, I mean, not really recognized, but I had the shirt on, I wear them all the time. And it's the first time someone pointed it out to me and, and said cool. they were a listener. Very cool. You know, it happens all the time when I go to Walker Soccer Con and stuff like that, but that's different. That doesn't count because, you know, all those people are almost pre uh, predisposed to be listeners of ours, right? The Us and the Walking Dead cast and other podcasts. So it's not surprising there, but just random girl in a car wash. It was really, really pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. But I also feel like a huge dork because if I wasn't so flustered uh, by being recognized by someone, I, I would have maybe asked her name and I could have mentioned her here. Yeah, so her shout out. Yeah. So I didn't ask her her name. I, I apologize, car wash girl. But if you're listening to this, uh, hi. And send an email. Send an email or to us. Or post on or tweet or post on Facebook. Let us know. That's a pretty good idea. Yeah. yeah. Just let um, us know. She wasn't there today when you returned the car? 
Uh, no, she was, but I f- at that point I f- Aww, just you felt like said, a dork. Hey, no, what's I, your name so I can give you a shout out? No, no. it would have felt like I was hitting on her or something, and I didn't want to be creepy old guy. <laughs> More than usual is what I'm saying. Uh, anyways, that was really fun. So I'm, I'm just going to say hi to you and thanks for listening. And and yeah, if you want to send us an email, talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com or Facebook us or tweet us or whatever. Um, but uh, that was fun. Yeah, cool. All right. Let's get into some Fear the Walking Dead. So let's look at the ratings uh, for last week's episode. And this uh, this is an interesting number because it's it's a good number for any normal TV show, but it is the lowest ratings number for uh, Fear the Walking Dead and mm. maybe for the main show as well. I'd have to go wow. back through all six seasons. Um, but season two, episode eight, only got 3.86 million viewers, which is... Uh, you know, under four, obviously, and they've never been under four million before. Oh, wow. So it's not great, even mm-hmm. though it's still a hell of a lot of eyeballs. It's not great for mm-hmm. a Walking Dead TV show. And I don't know what's going to happen if, if the if the numbers keep falling for this show. Yeah. You know, they're they're season and a half in and who knows what AMC might think. I mean, AMC probably has inflated standards for Walking Dead shows based on the, you know, 10, 12, 15 million people that watch the main show. The original show, yeah. And this, this, uh, this season two of Fear has dropped from starting at 6.67 million, roughly half of what the main show gets uh, week to week, down to 3.86, which is, you know, a quarter or a third anyways. Of so the six point, show. 6.6 million was where it started when it first aired well that was pilot, se- that was season two episode season one. two okay yeah. so where was it it must have been pretty high when it first aired because all you have all these built-in like this built-in fan base of the walking dead fans they're like oh i'm gonna watch that yeah well, um for the most part um they do i mean they did i don't remember the exact number i can probably look it up really quick here but uh um yeah. Oh, yeah. The pilot of Fear had 10.13 million. 10 point, yeah. Now, it, so, it wow. dropped quickly. See, yeah. episode two in season one had eight, then seven, then 6.6. Not enough four. zombie gore But first season. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe. But, like, season one never dropped below 6.5. Like, it, it was up there. And then season two came back with, you know, 6.67 and has been dropping and dropping and dropping down to 3.86 for Grotesque. So not a great sign, but I always say like by any normal, uh, by any other standard, I think 3.86 million is pretty good. So, okay. Um, let's see, we are going to continue looking back at last week's episode before we get into this one. We have some listener feedback to play as we do, because uh, we don't do a feedback show for, for fear, so we kind of cram it all in here. And the first uh, one here is a call from longtime listener Angie in Birmingham. Hi, guys. It's Angie in Birmingham. Uh, just wanted to say how great it was to have the show back on the air uh, with fear um, and how nice it was to hear your wife, Chris. Uh, she sounds lovely. Um, I know we've always said how well-spoken you and Jason are. She's got an absolutely awesome voice. I wish I had her accent. Um, anyway, just with a, a little comment with a point that you said about who's the main character, and um, we haven't seen Maggie in the main show. We don't see much of her. 
Uh, the problem with the main show is that they pander to the fans a little too much uh, with the whole, if Daryl dies, we riot, if Carol dies, we riot, all that stuff, all the Carol crap. Um, Carol and Daryl were both amazing characters in the first three, three and a half seasons when they were background characters, didn't have a huge amount of story, were great supporting arcs, um, and were just left to it. And then all of a sudden the fans went mad and it's like the writers have given them everything to do and almost forgotten the rest of the cast. Uh, it's like when Maggie saved them from, uh, Carol saved them from Terminus in episode five. That was when I started to hate Carol. Because now everything that goes down, Carol has to do it. Like with the wolves in season six and then the machine gun up the sleeve. I just think it's shit and Mary Sueish and why the hell can't they give it to somebody else? Um... In fear, it hasn't been going that long. The viewership is a fraction of what it is for the main show. And the majority of the cast are unknowns. They haven't got that mad following uh, yet. So nobody really cares who dies yet. Um, so in that way, that they're able to spread the focus throughout the cast a little more fairly. Essentially, give them better stories. Um, anyway, just wanted to give you my two cents. Um, I hope you listen to it. Don't care if you don't. Uh, blah. Sorry, Mountain of the Sun. It's been a long day. Uh, and I'm really excited to hear the news about Jason. Um, he's going to make a great dad, and I can't wait to find out what it is. Anyway, speak to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Angie. So, first off, you have a great voice. Yeah, and I, Angie, you totally made me blush when you said that, because <laughs> I really, I don't, quite feel that way about my own voice when I hear it recorded. I'm always like, ah. You have to get used to it. Which is funny because um, we, Chris and I used to be in a band. That's actually how we met. And I was the lead singer. Oh, my God. And when we'd record songs and then they, the guys would play it back for me, the guys in the band, I'd be like, oh, God, do I sound that bad? Like, I just, I, I feel like I have, like, this kiddish voice, but whatever. That's just, that's my own you know what, stigma. You know what you're doing here. Now you're just going to make people want to hear the recordings of the... No. Oh, my God. Why did I say that? <laughs> you got No, no. You, you got to be careful. We were great. Wait, did you... But you haven't talked about how we were in a band? I don't know. It's On, been really? 278 That's episodes. never come up. Not once. I can't remember everything we've well, talked about. Well, we met because we were in a rock band. And then and I was studying music at university, and all my classmates were calling me Yoko Ono, which was pretty funny. See, now you have to explain. That's because you came in late. Because they... I came in late and they thought I was going to break up the band. <laughs> right. Okay. Anyways. Uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. Anyway, so we that's right. So, so let's... getting back to Angie. Sorry, we segued there. That's fine. Um, you're just like Jason. He does that all the time. Oh, man. Uh, he was in a clown band, though. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. Uh, so Angie's point kind of was, um, that, you know, the, the people, the characters on fear don't have the massive following yeah, and, right. and, you know, who's the main character sort of thing. It can be, it can sort of be all of them more so than, than on, uh, the other show. I think that's what she was saying anyways. Um, whereas, you know, when they bring Carol to the forefront on the main show, Carol's doing everything. She's blowing up Terminus. She's dealing with the wolves and so on here. I think they can spread it around a little bit because they don't have rabid fan bases following Daryl Dixon and Carol and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, if, because people like with the original show, people are completely like nutso for the characters. I mean, there's 
you know, there's the whole... Nutso, yeah. Well, they are. Like, I mean, people are like, oh my God, Daryl Dixon. I mean, I know several women who are like, oh, I love Daryl. And it's like, if Daryl dies, we riot. You know, everyone's going crazy for um, some of the main characters. Whereas, yeah, this one, it's not quite as... Maybe if you this... don't get that feeling, but maybe because it's it's a newer show. Yeah, exactly. And maybe if it goes for seven or eight years, yeah. you will have diehard Nickites Nick fans or yeah. something, right? Yeah, I could so... see myself becoming a diehard Nick fan. I sure, know. I like Nick. I like the guy too. I have a soft spot for him. Um, all right, uh, Gareth in Germany sent us a call too, um, which in an unprecedented move, I'm actually not going to play it. Not because it's not good or anything, Gareth. But um, one of the things he wanted to know is just, um, he said at the end he was he was looking for some pictures of us, uh, probably me and Jason specifically. Um, I don't know if yeah, there's no pictures of you, but uh, what I wanted to remind everyone about is that we do have this link up on the website that has some, some pictures, some just general photos um of things that have come up on the show so me with some of the actors me and jason with uh lou temple um pictures of jason's cats pictures of him as a clown things like that things that people have wanted to see and so gareth you can go there which is talkingdeadpodcast.com slash pictures you'll only hear that link on here i don't publicize it or anything so only people who actually listen um generally go there to check it out and I got Jason's okay to add a picture of his baby Jasper there. So by the time you hear this, there should be a new photo up there of the baby. So if you are interested in seeing the baby, you can go to talkingdeadpodcast.com slash pictures, which is very exciting. Yeah. All right, moving along. Um, Dr. Diego in Mexico uh, wrote an email in and it's short and sweet and it just, clears up something we talked about last week and he says regarding miles or kilometers in mexico we use kilometers as a distance measurement thank you there you go so that's good to know so that sign was 100 kilometers not miles yeah and i thought it might be because it's sort of um you know it's spanish influence european influence just like canada's we're sort of european influence so we have kilometers well and something like 99 percent of the countries in the world are metric there's two or three that are not, including the U.S. So, the US, yeah. um, but I wasn't sure. But Mexico is indeed metric. So, a hundred kilometers is a long way, but I feel like it's a little more realistic a distance for Nick to have traveled over a two or three days' time, right? Even on foot. So, yeah, you know, it's it's a long way for sure. It's a long way, but one hundred and sixty kilometers, which is a hundred miles, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. that's a little more crazy for him to go. So. Uh, all right. So George sent in a note and George must be from the internet, as we say, because I didn't write down his location. He said, um, I sent a voicemail earlier and I referred to the bad people as bandits. I called them that thanks to your wife calling them that before she gave them a name. I had no idea what to call them. Keep up the fantastic job on the podcast. And I look forward to listening for all the years to come. Nice. So your influence has been strong. <laughs> okay, well, and to okay, so to be honest, to be fair, I didn't come up with the term bandits for the show. I actually saw it somewhere on the internet. I saw uh, someone reference and then Nick meets I think it was on Wikipedia actually on their episode guide and like Nick meets the bandits and I'm like, bandits, okay. Yeah, no bandits so works. Not I did not coin the term for those guys for that episode. I'm sorry. That's to okay. Say, but 
so I used it. I took it from the internet. That's fine. The the point is all the groups on the show need a name, and yeah. we've we've named things before, like the uh, the wild dogs, those guys that uh, they encounter a couple seasons ago. Um, the termites. I mean, that probably wasn't ours either, right? Mm. But the people from Terminus and stuff. So. Oh, the termites. I like that. I don't yeah. think I've. Well, I don't really listen. Like we said last week, I don't listen to the podcast that often, so I would have missed that. Yeah, but they all have names. So in this case, those uh, those guys are bandits. Although yeah. we kind of learn more about them a little bit in this uh, week's episode, and they're just gangs. But yeah. bandits is better. Yeah. All right, Martin from Sweden wrote in. Did anyone else feel the thirst and dehydration that Nick showed? That dry mouth, probably filled with sand and dirt. What a sensation he must have felt when the rain started. I hope he wrung out his rainwashed T-shirt to get hydrated again because <laughs> that one looks completely soaked with yummy rainwater. <laughs> yeah, and blood <laughs> and all his sweat and dirt and stuff but hey if you need to be if you need to drink you need to drink but it is a good point it, they really really made like made sure that you knew just how dehydrated he was probably yeah. and how dry everything was definitely i felt it like yeah. like uh, martin says like you could just feel the dryness and then the relief on his face when it started to rain that i felt i was like oh well, the guy that is, must feel great, man. The, di- the I guy, want to walk in the rain right now. <laughs> well, especially after being days in the desert. The guy was dying of dehydration, so yeah. a little rain was uh, yeah. was pretty good. All right. Uh, Paul in England writes, The more I see about Nick's back, backstory, the more I'm convinced that the writers are leading us down a blind alley or hoodwinking us. From what we've been shown, Nick's dad was always tired, locked himself in his room, distant, etc., which gives us the notion that maybe his dad was a user or suicidal or doing some secretive things. But there's an alternative. Madison could be the one with the dark past. She's been shown to hit the bottle before and also shown to be capable of murder. I'm wondering if Madison was abusive, perhaps even an alcoholic, and the reason Nick's dad locks himself in his room is... And is distant is because Madison is killing his spirit with verbal and physical abuse. And maybe in the end, it led to him killing himself. Interesting. So we learn more about that this week again, but... Um, but from Madison's perspective. Right, from her right? perspective, yeah. exactly. And who knows? I mean, Madison may have a little bit of a darker past, as Paul says. And if she was abusive, I mean, that could lead him to... Uh, cower away like he was doing if i if i could bring up one more thing with regards to that um somebody post one of the people that tweeted a lovely compliment about me <laughs> also went on to say something like um or somebody who i i can't remember but somebody tweeted went on to say uh that hey maybe madison and travis were having an affair and that's why uh, Madison's husband locked himself away in his room and was depressed. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a very interesting theory too, because we were kind of, I remember last week we were trying to figure out the timeline. Like when would Madison have met Travis? How long ago did the dad die? And at what point after the dad died, did Madison and Travis meet? Right. So maybe this, like that, the tweet we got might've been a really good theory on that too. Yeah, I think so. It, it could be right. If, it didn't feel like there was enough time in between yeah. the the accident that uh, um, uh, Madison's first original husband had 
and her like being such in a solid committed relationship with Travis. So mm-hmm. maybe there was some overlap there, Yes, which is something we didn't really think about last week. But mm-hmm. uh, the tweeter whose name Ooh, I don't I know. I can't remember. I'm sorry. We can't. Well, I could look it up, but thank you, whoever you are. Yeah. So <laughs> <for> that theory <laughs> suggested that maybe yeah. there was there was an affair going on there, yeah. which contributed to her husband's uh, depression, potential depression. And so it's sort of a similar theory to this. Uh, was it George you said? Paul, who, Paul, Paul sorry, who said um, that maybe it was um, her being yep. abusive. So, it, you know, there's very many plausible reasons why, you know, what happened with Nick's dad and all that. Totally. Uh, All right. Rich from Minneapolis writes, I was very disappointed with this episode. First off, after waiting so long for the return of the show, I was expecting a more exciting episode. They missed so many opportunities to actually add some drama to it, but I spent the entire episode not once thinking Nick was in any real danger. He got hit in the head with a bat and I still didn't fear for him. People complain about Glenn's luck on the main show, but he has nothing on bullet dodging Nick. So... I don't know. I can sort of see Rich's point. Uh, At the end of his email, he sent in a pretty funny fake conversation that he wrote about uh, his imagination of, you know, the writers sitting in in the writer's room coming up with this episode. Mm -hmm. And it was a bit long to read here, but I thought, I don't know, maybe we could read it at the end or something and put it on at the end. So, uh, you know, I can sort of see his point, though, getting back to it about uh, about not really fearing for Nick. But as I think we said a minute ago, you kind of felt, I at least felt his suffering. Maybe I didn't yeah. really think he was a goner or he was in that much trouble, but I could just feel his suffering as he traveled through the through the desert there. Yeah, I, n- I never really feared for his safety. It was more geez, that's going to be rough going. That's all. Yeah, it's definitely rough going. Um, But at the same time, like he had people shooting at him. He was amongst a lot of infected and he was horribly dehydrated and basically collapsed in the road. And Mm. had it not started raining, um, he could have just died there. So he he was in trouble. But uh, anyways, Rich's fake writer's conversation is funny and (laughs) they will read that later. Okay. Uh, finally here, Walt on the internet writes regarding Nick as a character, I'm torn between liking and disliking him. The issue I have is his Celia complex towards the dead. First off, he adopted this attitude way too easily going from seeing the danger they bring to suddenly, eh, they're not so bad. (laughs) And that brings me to my major issue. He's taken to believing the dead aren't all bad but he has no problem with gutting them and bathing himself in their guts. I think this is a huge flaw in his character development. Curious what you guys think. Mm. So I don't know. He, he, he sort of wants to be with them and he kind of respects the dead almost, but he doesn't mind chopping them up and covering himself in their blood. But has, has Nick ever actually killed a zombie? That's what I'm wondering. Have we ever actually seen him like disembowel one or something? I can't even, I can't remember. I feel like he's actually just gone to carcasses and taken them and smeared the gore all over himself. I don't know. Yeah. He hang, he hangs out with them a lot. I don't, I, I don't, I can't remember now if he ever actually went and like, you know, gutted them or whatever yeah no i yeah i'm I'm not sure either but 
I mean, I know he killed zombies early on, but that was before he adopted the Celia way of seeing things. I do agree, though, that he did adopt the Celia way of seeing things fairly quickly, Mm -hmm. which leads me to believe, and and I will get to this point again later when we're talking about the current episode that just aired, it leads me to believe that Nick may be a very sort of weak-minded person. Mm -hmm. He is easily swayed. Mm Mm-hmm to a certain belief or a certain way of living. Yep. I think that's part of his personality. And that was one of the things that Strand uh, liked about him when, when he found him, I think, right? Remember Strand was the guy that brought him out of that uh, uh, military complex in, in season one. Right. Strand Strand wanted him around and we weren't really sure why, because, you know, he was a heroin addict and would he really be all that useful and so on. And Strand's whole feeling was he's a guy who you can tell what to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I I, remember that. So I think he was Strand recognized that in Nick. So I think that's definitely part of his personality. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, So it's good. So it's not too surprising that he would, you know, Celia would be able to convince him of something. And then uh, that, you know, sort of happens in this episode too, but let's move into it and talk about this episode. Okay. So it's season two, episode nine, it's called Los Muertos and AMC's description of it is after the fall of the compound, Madison strand and others forge a tenuous path forward. Meanwhile, Nick is recruited for a perilous assignment. Uh, I guess <laughs> not wow. really recruited. He's he's just sort of he's kind of dragged along. Dragged along. Yeah. So he wasn't given much choice. Exactly. Um. Why don't uh Why don't you kick this one off with some general thoughts on this episode? Did you like it? Did you not? So on. Um. Well, I I mean there were there were a lot of parts where I was, well, especially with Madison and Strand where I was like, Oh, come on. What do you mean? Well, um, as they started drinking, I was sitting there going, this is not a good idea. People (laughs) you're in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. You should not be getting wasted right now. And then he starts pounding on that piano. I was like, Oh God, (laughs) Mm -hmm. what are you amateurs? (laughs) Well, they kind of are. And you have to remember. (laughs) Yes. So that was, that was one part that I was like, okay. Like it was kind of, I mean, I liked, you know what? I liked their interaction, their conversation. Um, That was interesting. And I liked that we see more, we see Madison talk more about um, Stephen. That, mm-hmm. That's her ex-husband, right? So we learned his name, her ex-husband We learned was her, his name. So we, she talks more about what happened with him and there's a bit of a reveal there. Should we talk about the reveal? It's sort of a reveal. I would say she reveals something and it's, well, there's two. Okay. Well, let me, let me, uh, there's two things I want to talk about there, but let me just say that I thought this episode was good. Although I wouldn't say it was one of my favorites. Like it was, it wasn't bad. There was nothing wrong with it necessarily. A couple of really great, moments but i kind of felt like this was a bit of an information dump episode where a lot of people talking walking and talking having conversations just giving us as the audience information that we need going forward and you know 
uh, Nick and uh, what's her name? Lu- Luciana were walking along talking about certain things. And as you said, Strand, Strand and, and Madison. Madison were did a lot of talking. And Ophelia yeah. and Alicia. Yeah. And they all paired off. Yeah. And, and and we we learned information about all of them. And but it was a lot of uh speechifying and 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 just giving us information. And I'm not saying that's really bad. I mean, we do generally like to be shown things through character actions and demonstration rather than than just being told stuff if if we were just told things all the time there'd be no show they might as well just have people sitting around talking to each other right um so i kind of felt that way about this episode but at the same time i didn't mind it because it doesn't happen all the time this sort of thing yeah and i i mean i just i guess i felt like it wasn't really moving along like mm-hmm. there was, like you said, there was a lot of talk. Yeah, and it was kind of like, okay, where are we going with this? Yeah. Where is this going, and what's going to happen? And um, I mean, there were a few things that were revealed in it that I was like, oh, okay, like, like, you know, it it explained, or not not explains, but like it's opened a bit more. So the universe to us, like what's going on there. So I made a a sort of a list of a lot of the information that was transferred to us in this episode, but there were two huge, potentially huge revelations in this episode. And they jumped out at me immediately Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, Jason and I have been doing this podcast for seven years or whatever and we lived and breathed The Walking Dead for a long time. We think about it a lot more than, you know, your average casual viewer. And, I mean, you're much more of a casual viewer. Yeah. I know I know you're a big fan, but you don't, you know, make notes on every episode. I don't and analyze every episode like you guys you don't, do. That's right. You don't spend all day thinking about it. I just watch it. and like, okay. Right. <laughs> and you enjoy it and you're yep. a fan, but that's it. So I was curious. Can you tell me what the two huge revelations are, at least as I saw it in this episode. Okay, well, I th- one was the thing I was going to talk to talk about Madison. What was that? And that was just that, so her, she talked about how Nick inherited his father's darkness, quote unquote. Yep. That's exactly what she said. And then she essentially tells, um, or she tells Strand that she essentially lied to her children. Mm-hmm. about the manner in which their father died. He did die in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And Strand says to her, oh, did he fall asleep at the wheel? And she said, that's what I told the kids. Right. So it sounds like that car accident was, the crash was not an accident, that it was intentional. Mm-hmm. And that he like, you know, he went, what did she say? He crossed, he went across like the, he crossed median, the median and yeah. head on collision. So that's, one reveal, I think, in my view, that's a pretty big revelation in that now we get more, we have more information about how Nick's father died. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and Nick's background and the fact that Nick is, it, she said, I, I feel like he was lost since he was born, right? That kind of thing. That's right. She says Nick was born lost, born just lost. like that's his it. dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's true. Nick has his father's darkness. Um, and I think it's pretty clear from that that he drove into that he caused that accident, drove into that, into oncoming traffic on yeah. purpose. Yeah. Um, but then how do you really know that? Because she's not in the car with him and he's dead. So he can't say I drove into traffic on purpose. Um, 
but mm, but maybe there's if there's, the police did an investigation or whatnot, who knows? Who you're knows? right. Or you're, there were witnesses and people were like, he was wide awake, he was conscious. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, who totally. Knows? I'm just who saying. I'm just saying. You you might not know a hundred percent for sure, but all indications are that that he did that. So so you're right. That opens up a lot of um, a lot of information about Nick and it, it speaks to Nick's mm-hmm. character and why mm-hmm. he is the way he is and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's all kinds of other directions you could go with that, which we kind of brought up earlier on about, you know, why was he feeling this way and what about his life made him this way? And again, it's Madison's perspective. So she can say that he was born that, like that, but eh, I, that's, I mean, even that's kind of a jump, like, you know, there's probably lots of things in his life that would influence his mental state. Well, and it's like that one listener that wrote in saying that she was abusive. She had issues. So she's just speaking from her own perspective. Yeah. Of right. Course. And she's not necessarily viewing the world like from another per Like she's not taking in other perspectives. She doesn't maybe realize how her behavior affects other people or how she is. Of course. That's one of the right? hardest things to do, right, yeah. is put on someone else's shoes yeah. and and walk a mile in them yeah um okay but so that's huge and that's that's that's, pretty big, that's big for for fear the walking dead okay. but there was two things in this episode and one of them may not feel as huge but two things that i thought were massive just in a general walking dead universe oh type thing and is there some sort of crossover thing that i didn't see well actually there was oh really there was a crossover thing so we'll 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 Chat about that one first. Huh. Um, it's not. I must have completely missed that. Well, it's funny. It's not. This is a theory that that um, other people have had that has come up before, and that theory is that there is a relationship between Madison Clark and Rick Grimes. A fami- oh, because f- she's a Southern Belle. Because yes, yes. Because I thought the Southern Belle thing was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and, but then, but then I was like, but is is there is there a relevance there to what he's saying? I, I wasn't sure what the relevance was, and I didn't even connect it. Look at that. So Strand re- can hear a little Southern accent in her. He figures out she's Southern. She's from Alabama. Well, she uses a term, I think, from the South. Right? What does she say? Oh no, I don't think it was. A, yeah, I, I think it was the way. It was the way she said the she words. She said something. But he figures out, she reveals she's from Alabama. Now, Rick Grimes is from, oh, in the comic, he's from Kentucky, but in the TV show, he's from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so Georgia um, obviously is not Alabama, mm. but that doesn't mean they can't be cousins or something like that, Somehow right? Somehow related. Brother and sister, probably not. Um some people speculated that maybe that's what they were, but cousins or half siblings, half siblings, maybe you never know exactly. You don't, we don't know. So I just think the fact that they included that on this episode, oh. I mean, either it's fan service and they're just saying, ah, oh, you guys think this is the case. All right, we'll put this in and we're just, you know, playing with you Yeah. or there's something there. And I think I choose to believe that it's that it's something that eventually these two shows are not necessarily going to cross over, but they're either opening that possibility because, you know, they just want to do that. Or it's almost kind of just an Easter egg where we're following characters that are or a character that's related back to Rick somehow. And I think it's I think that's fun. I'm glad they did it. 
Cool. So that See, was, and I'm so, I'm an amateur. I don't know what I'm talking about. I was like, what? <laughs> no, it's okay. Oh, she's a Southern Belle. Oh, that's nice. Let's move along now. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> I think okay. it was that was a big deal. All right. So that's one big reveal uh, revelation. Yeah. So number two. So the other what, one. Am I supposed to guess again? If you want to, go for it. <laughs> go for it. Well, I don't like. There's just a few things that I noted. Sure. Like I noticed that you know like. It looks like Ophelia is giving up. Yep. And I can't blame her. She's been through a lot. Mm-hmm. She's probably the thing I thought of was that um she has lost probably more than the other characters on the show. She's both her parents have died as a result of this outbreak, right? Yep. So Yeah, I get it. She's and she said she's uh you know that they were talking about the the zombie or the walker that was hanging in that shower and she said maybe he was tired of surviving and she sort of through the whole episode i felt like she looked tired mm-hmm. she looked like run down like i'm done i can't do this anymore and then she disappears she defeated the, the whole time yeah and then she disappeared and then when we saw that walker that first walker fall i'm like oh my god she's launched herself at the window <laughs> like i thought she had launched herself off a balcony or something and then i was like oh it's a walker okay <laughs> Like, yeah, I was like, "Holy crap, that was fat!" Like I thought she'd already done it. Oh yeah, my God. that. Uh, the funny thing about that is, like, we saw, we saw. I don't know if you ever watched it, but the Comic Con trailer for this show came out and showed some of those scenes, like the no, zombies. I don't think I saw it. No, they it, but it showed zombies falling off the building and stuff. And when uh, when I watched that, I found it pretty. Um, traumatizing just seeing those bodies fall like that because i don't know it i i said at the time it kind of invoked imagery of the people falling off the oh, yeah. world the, trade center the twin towers oh right my God, yeah um yeah it it did it i have to say it did disturb me that was one of the images in this episode there wasn't many images in this episode that actually disturbed me right because like i said it felt like not much action not much going anywhere but that seeing the bodies fall off the building actually really disturbed me because all I it just yeah. brought me back to uh, September 11th right it's tr- troubling yeah for sure um I didn't find it as troubling actually in the episode for some reason like okay I hadn't seen it before so right. I wasn't prepared for right. it as much it did the first one that goes down behind or right in front right. of Alicia yeah, it was Alicia. it was a startling oh my for gosh sure. I just went completely like oh, <laughs> what is that? but but if you want to talk about Alicia and uh, Ophelia, um, you're right. They kind of had conflicting ideas of what it meant to survive and, and, uh, you know, pushing forward and stuff, right? Alicia, Ophelia says, you know, we're not going to make it. Eventually this is all going to fall apart Yeah, and she doesn't have a very optimistic outcome or viewpoint on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but Alicia says, no, you have to push on. You have to keep surviving. And, for Alicia, I think the idea of having a group of people, like a family around her, is what makes her want to keep going. Yeah. Even um, though, like, uh, you know, a bunch of her family's missing right now. So, Well, right. And that's right? I, I thought of that, too. Even though earlier in this episode, right near the beginning, when they're looking for the Abigail and we find out that they've spent a couple of days looking for Nick. Mm-hmm. Alicia's the one who says, you know, let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah. We, we got to leave him. We're never going to see him again. Yeah. Um, 
but but I don't think those two ideas are necessarily contradictory, right? Like Nick left off of his own accord and Alicia's kind of like, it's you and me now. Like we still yeah. have each other. We can, we can push forward and survive. I'm sure she's not happy that her brother is gone, but. But I think she knows him well enough that she's not going to talk him out of it. Yeah. And she's being kind of realistic yep. too, right? She's like, yep. we're not going to find him. He could be anywhere by now. And as we know, viewers know he's a hundred kilometers North, but um, they don't know that at that time they were still down by uh, Abigail's place. So, yeah. Um. Uh, so do you want to hear what the okay, second so what huge was, yeah, revelation see, I'm, here like, is? I'm going to get all of these wrong. Like I'm doing this guesswork and it's <laughs> going to be all wrong. No, it's not. And it's all totally of the fine. listeners who've been like, she's so great. They'll be like, God, she doesn't know anything. No, it's <laughs> totally fine. I bet you, you, you picked up on this too. Yeah. But. It's just, I don't necessarily, like all my notes are sort of like just sort of plot details that I noted and like what I, my thoughts were on. That's, That's fine. It. Okay. So Dr. Nunez, what's his first name? Alejandro. Alejandro Nunez. Sorry if I pronounce that wrong. Like I'm just putting a... Like, I don't know what It's doing. fun to, to do accents. Yeah. So his... So when, when Nick and Luciana are walking to get the water from the, the that gang, yeah. she tells him about how Dr. Nunez yes. was bitten. Oh, and, yeah. Okay, and yeah. Survived. And survived. And then we see yes. it later on. We actually see the bite mark. Whether mm -hmm. it's a bite mark is it still remains to be seen. We don't know for sure that that's a bite mark. We don't know for sure. It be very elaborate makeup someone did so that when they get new people in who <laughs> don't are non-believers, they're like, uh -huh. "Oh my god." And then they put the makeup on. That's an interesting uh Pull the I, wool over people's that's eyes. That's an interesting idea that it's faked. Faked, yes. In order to uh, convince people that he's special in some there way. There you go. All right. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. But the idea that he was bitten, healed, and survived is humongous in the Walking yes. Dead universe. Yeah, and, and I don't know why I didn't pick up on I guess I did pick up on it. It's just I was not really... You took a cynical approach to it. It's like they're faking this to bring people into their little cult. I did take cult. a cynical approach because I'm not 100% sure like that I buy it. It's kind of like when she told Nick and Nick said bullshit. I was like, that's right. I say bullshit too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that and was the same thought I had. Now that you mention it, I wouldn't be surprised if actually that's where they're going with this because what I was going to say originally is that a character that is um, kind of immune. So the idea is everyone has this virus. When you get bitten by a zombie, it kind of triggers it almost. Mm -hmm. you, yeah. You're carrying it. Yeah. So regardless of how you die, you come back uh, as a walker. But if you get bitten by one, it's sort of the wound gets infected. It accelerates your death and, you know, whatever it does, if the virus is enhanced or something like yeah. that. I don't know, but um, no one generally survives that, yeah. right? Unless you cut the limb off like they did with Herschel's yeah. leg. But it sounds like here that Nunez was bitten, lived, uh, healed, and is still going. So if he's somehow immune to this... That's huge in the Walking Dead universe, partly because it's contrary to everything we know and have yeah. been told. But even in in real life, it's kind of contrary to what Kirkman has always said. Like he's always said that uh, everyone has the virus. Everyone comes back regardless of how you die. And he also goes and he also, you know, doesn't want to 
give too much information, right? He he's decided there's never going to be a cure. It's not aliens. It's not something stupid. Um, it just is what it is. It's just mm-hmm. there, and you have to accept it. This feels like they're going there. They're they're going for well, something is different here, and yeah. uh, I don't know. So I just think it's a big deal in the Walking Dead universe. But now that you say that maybe this is an elaborate hoax, because this group does have very sort of cult-like properties. Yeah, well, and there it's it's a very there it's a you can tell it's a religious group. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's saying in the in the scene where Luciana talks to Nick and she starts telling him about Alejandro and she says, and or Dr. Nunez, um, she also talks about how that what they believe is that the world is being renewed in a way, like Mm -hmm. everything, all the garbage, all the, it's like they're taking out the trash yeah, and the old world is dying to make way for a new world. And if you think of it, it, that's a very biblical image. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of like Noah's Ark sort of thing. Uh, so I have a like, and the way they were chanting in the end, they're very, they seem like a religious cult or group. Yeah. She and said Alejandro's the, sort of heading that and he's sort of convincing them all of this. Yeah. Not, you know, not that we're trying to equate being religious and being in a cult, but no, no, no. But this particular group, this particular, uh, that's why I said cult or group like i i don't want to say cult because that then it's like it's got negative i mean they obviously there is something negative about this group yeah that we didn't see in the last episode because it looked like a lovely little village and oh look everything looks peaceful <laughs> That's right. and then he wakes up the beginning of the episode i'm like there everything looks really eerie now um well with nobody around with no one around yeah. it was very eerie that was the first thing i thought of at the beginning of the episode but yeah so yeah, so I think he, um, Alejandro really believes that that's what's happening, that it's kind of, I guess, I don't think he, does he use the term God ever? Do we see, did we, mm, like, I'm I, I don't trying to think, think of so. the subtitles, I think he called it the creator. Maybe, I don't something. remember, but they also, there was a lot of um, Spanish that wasn't subtitled or no anything? but right at the end when they were doing they were they were sort of he was leading yep. them in a sermon and then they started all sort of chanting that the phrases and he at one point said something and in the subtitles i think it said creator it didn't say god or anything but anyway the creator is, yeah so he believes in a, a higher being that's sort of overseeing everything and is going to right clean the world and bring back um, bring it to a new order. That, that's right. She, that's what she said, that the earth is cleansing itself yes. or the earth is being cleansed. Yes. And he was going on about them being the chosen ones yes. and they will be the ones who survive. Yeah. And whatever they believe, it, whether it's a religious thing or it's more, it's something completely different. I don't know what it is, but. Um, and not only that, they, they're sacrificing people, yeah, right? They're sacrific- they're- so that was a question I had. And that was, that was what I was wondering about that. Is at the beginning with the father of that little girl and they're leading him or they send him into what they, they called it the wall. Right. It's the wall of the dead. Yeah. Kind of in between a wall um, and a fence. You have to go through the bus. I thought that was clever. <laughs> yeah. Go in the front, go out the back door and you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I'm really glad our kids didn't watch those because they take a school bus to school. They'd be like, ah. Yeah. Um, 
so uh, I think Luciana said something like, oh, he was he uh, something those near death become the dead. And so I think she was trying to say that he that guy was sick mm-hmm. and he was going to die anyway. Yep. But later, Alejandro um, talks about how talks about their faith and he actually threatens Nick that he will feed Nick to the wall mm-hmm. if he gets steps out of line. So that's what I'm wondering now is like, was that guy actually sick or did he cross Alejandro and Alejandro's like, that's it. I'm feeding you to the wall. Yeah. Is this how, is this guy really good? I mean, I don't think he is. Person? I think there's something very sinister and I'll tell you, <laughs> Truthfully, he reminds me of Gus from Breaking Breaking Bad, like so much, because he's very kind of stone faced. Yeah. Like, remember, Gus was kind of like that. Oh, yeah. Very stone faced. Giancarlo Esposito, though, in real life is a great guy. Well, and he (laughs) it's funny because the actor I find he has a very Giancarlo. What was his name? Giancarlo Esposito. Giancarlo right? Esposito. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. The guy that played Gus. Mm-hmm. He has actually, I find, he he looks like a nice guy. Like, he has a very, like, kind, to me, it was a kind-looking face. So there was this disconnect watching him play Gus. I'm like, oh, my God, I just can't believe he's such a villain. But he was. So, yeah. anyway, that's why now when I see Alejandro, I'm like, I don't trust this guy. Yeah, and on one hand, I think that okay, they're they're doing this again. It's a group with a leader who's not good, and you know all that's going to be exposed, and they'll have to take him down. Um, but so far, I'm I'm interested enough in this in this group uh, that they've got here, kind of because of yeah, their cult like activities and um, just the way they they approach it. Uh, but you're right; she said they sacrifice people who are near death. Mm. Uh, or one of them said that, and that she made said, me think. Luciana said that too. Yeah, it made me think. Well, people that are sick or whatever, yeah. they they uh, go in, and then that old guy who he he was pretending to treat, yeah, injected him with saline. saline, and he said he was doing it so he wouldn't fear death. Yeah, but and the, but the, but even that guy said to him, uh, you know, don't bother treating me anymore. I'm not going to be here much longer anyway. Mm-hmm. So either that guy just thinks he's going to die soon or he knows that he's going to be fed to the wall soon either way mm. it's pretty terrible and uh it's weird that um dr nunez is you know pretending to treat him and he says today you're fine we'll see about tomorrow <laughs> yeah that's pretty sinister you're right when you think yeah, about it like and, that and i think he said something in the in the end when he's doing this sort of little i i, I don't know what else to call it but like a sermon or a speech Mm-hmm. And he said something about how, like, uh, we are, we will stay or something like, like, we will be what's left. Yeah, they're the ones thing. who've chosen to. But it's like the faithful, like, we are the ones that yep. will be what's left. So it's kind of a threat, like, okay, if you guys don't agree with me or you cross me, I'm feeding you to the wall. <laughs> like, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a funny line. Okay, go, you're going to the wall. <laughs> like, yeah. it's kind of. Hey, I want to, it's kind of like a good, like, sort of like a, you know, like a timeout. Like, if you're bad, you're hey, going if to the you're wall. Bad, you're going to the wall, kid. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but anyway, oh, with him wall. being sort of sinister, then I wouldn't put it past him to be faking that that bite is a fake. Yes. So back to that, I yeah, think sorry. you, you could be right. Um, That's weird. Like, I didn't think of that, but I think it's, it's a great theory and it will keep... The Walking Dead 
in line with its own universe rules, yeah. right? That no one survives that and that's it. So yeah. could be could be a fake. It's his way of like, well, look, I survived a, so a zombie bite. Special. I am the chosen one and I'm special and you have to listen to me. Yeah. Now, wh- just since we are on this topic, I just want to ask your opinion that ending scene when Nick is standing there. Um, I can't, I couldn't tell if the look on Nick's face was a look of fear or a look of like wonder, like, wow, this guy is like amazing because we know Nick can easily be swayed, obviously, because of Celia's views. He took those on really quickly. So I'm wondering if he is moving from one belief to the next. Like first he was like, oh, the dead are good and they're not dead. They're actually like people and now he's like oh uh yeah this is the way to clean the world like is he moving around yeah from belief to belief i don't know i kind of see these as related a little bit though right um kind of yeah not totally because because these people um you know said the dead are coming back but they won't last and once they're they're going to their final final resting place that's right Um, which is a little bit different, I guess, than yes. what Celia was saying. Celia was saying they're coming back, but they're still human. Right. They're still yeah. the people they were. Okay. So, well, kind of. Sort not of. Exactly. She, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But, but, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure about what Nick was feeling at the end there. He looked I, sort of like he could be scared, but I don't know. No. See, I thought he was buying into what that guy was selling. I felt like, because yeah. Nick started chanting. He started chanting, but I thought, I wasn't sure if he was doing that out of fear. <laughs> because the look on his face, it was very confusing. I couldn't tell. I couldn't yeah. read it. But that's probably intentional. It was also kind of really half-hearted chanting. Like, he was like I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if he was, re- as I said, not really buying into it or, yeah. or not. But we'll find out. Um, if I had to guess, I'd say that they probably, I, that I think the character of Nick is probably sort of on board with these people. Um and that's going to be a massive source of conflict, of course, when Madison eventually shows up mm. and realizes what's happening here and then has to, you know, rescue her son from this yep. this crazy group. Yep. So, um, but I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. sure. Totally. Uh, but it does speak to your point earlier about Nick just kind of being weak minded and yeah. being able to, you know, or just be influenced so, so easily like that. But we'll see. Um, so it's funny, the more we talk about this episode and sort of all the stuff we learned, sort of thinking back, the more I kind of liked it, uh, because all this information was, was dumped on us. Yeah. But I think it's all, all good stuff. Um, I have a few, a few more just bits of, of stuff that we learned, things that kind of developed out characters a little bit like Ophelia reveals that she was almost married once. Oh yeah. And that she didn't get married because her husband was moving away and uh, she decided to stay with her parents to take care of them. Yeah. I, thought I that think was... she, she felt a sense of obligation to her parents. Totally. And you know, lots of people she uh, gave go up, through that. Yeah. And she gave up something she, for them. She sacrificed her own yep. potential happiness to, to be with her parents. Yeah. And now look, both her parents are, are dead. Yep. So, um, we talked about Madison's husband. His name was Steven. Uh, oh, we learned about sort of these gangs of bandits mm-hmm. <laughs> that control 
Tijuana. So apparently the whole city is under control of these guys. Luciana said that the gang they went to saw controlled the eastern part of of the city. And she said that all the goods and supplies come through here. So they kind of have to go and barter with them mm. for what they need. They brought them a big bag of pills, Oxycontin, I think it was, yeah. um, in exchange for water and some some other supplies. So um, I just thought it was interesting that these gangs formed so quickly and have taken control of the city and basically run the place now. And the apparently the guys have been have implemented Hammur, the Hammurabi Code, I guess. That's what I was thinking. With the which is if you steal something, something you get your yeah, like hand cut it's off. eye for an eye and all that, right? right. So. And which also speaks to again, like it or it shows again that, like, yes, this is not, this is the way the world is after a zombie apocalypse. Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like not martial law, but anarchy and all these things. These old archaic, not archaic, but old, um, yeah, ways of doing ways things. of doing things and in instilling law and order are once again. People the revert mainstream. back, right? Yes, they, they revert, revert back, back to the, the, Thank the you. good old I days. I couldn't find the words. <laughs> That's all right. I'm off my game. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but you know, we'll see more of these these gangs. I'm sure. I did think it felt a little convenient and easy that Nick was able to talk his way out of yeah. that situation. Like that dude would have just held him down yeah. and chopped that hand. Yeah, off. like he was all, like I I don't even understand why the guy hesitated. I was all getting I was totally getting ready that the the hand was going to be gone in like a second. Yeah, and no, it was, he was fine, and I was like, what? Me too, kind of. I thought maybe they would chop it off. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I really believed they would, but you know, it would have it would have made sense, right? Like if these guys are really as ruthless as we're supposed to believe then you know just knock him down chop that hand off and you're good to go but um nick was able to talk his way out of it because the guy's sister i don't know how he knew it was his sister needs well yes is that your sister or who was that yeah but he immediately went to sister i don't know yeah but anyways she needs the oxy that uh, they're bringing them and (laughs) he says we'll take our business elsewhere which seems like a funny thing to say (laughs) <laughs> in the zombie apocalypse. But yeah. anyways, I'm sure we'll be seeing more of those guys. Um, only one other thing uh, I wanted to bring up. Well, two things. Just one that I, there were a lot of wide shots of the city in this episode. And I thought they did a great job of making it look totally deserted and abandoned. Mm. I don't know where they, they shoot this, but that looks like a pretty big town or city. And there's nobody around. So I don't know. How they do that exactly. Are they not shooting it on location? Well, they, they are. But but not like in Tijuana. Yeah, I don't know if they're in Tijuana. Yeah. When you, and, and when you have a shot of like a big neighborhood like that with have nobody in it. Yeah. It feels like it would be tricky but to do. But it was do. the same in the first season with LA. There were parts where you didn't see many people, which I can't even imagine in LA. I know, but well, there was some big shots of LA, but yeah. it was all special effects with buildings on yeah, fire yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff, yeah. which is fine. That's and true. Maybe they can do a special effect when you show something like this they run the remove all human being filter (laughs) (laughs) you know remove people filter i don't know but i thought it looked cool i i kind of liked um and it's funny because the first time we watched it yesterday i didn't love it this part and i think i even turned to you while we were watching and i said what's with the editing Mm -hmm. in this part but then i watched it today and i actually quite liked it near the end I felt like it was the two plots sort of colliding in the end. So you had 
like over the scene of Madison and Strand trying to fight off the walkers in the hotel, you can hear Alejandro's voice mm-hmm. saying the words like about, you know, um, like his, his belief, right? Yep. His belief system. And I liked how they did that. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that was really, really cool. Um, and well, like sort of orchestrated together, right? Yep. Yeah, no, some, they did a good job. They, yeah. The plots were coming together kind of thematically. Mm-hmm. Not exactly. That's what they physically. was along the same theme because yeah. he was, they were like fighting him off and then they, he was saying something about the dead and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that works. Yeah, yeah it was cool. Um, I've got, uh, yeah. And the only other thing I wanted to bring up, I think was that Strand seemed to have, uh, this moment of realization in, during his conversation with Madison at the bar where, um, it just seemed like he suddenly realized, cause he said, there's no more this, there's no more that there's no more bars. Right. Yeah. And it, I felt like he just had a sudden realization that the world is really over. <laughs> yeah. Know, there, yeah, yeah. There's no coming back from this. And the look on his face, I, I think, um, uh, Coleman Domingo is, is the guy's name. Yeah. And the, uh, I think he did a really good job portraying yeah. Strand's like sudden holy crap moment. Like, well, this is this is it. Like we're we are screwed. We are we have to either now try to survive or 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 give up or whatever. But yeah. uh it's good. And I also liked how he called Nick bulletproof because Maddie thinks yeah. she'll never see him again. And he's like, He's alive, that kid's bulletproof. Yeah. Which I don't know, it's it seems to be that way so far. It does, considering <laughs> he was shot at last week. Yeah, and, so and then his hand almost got cut off, but then didn't get cut off. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I mean, I know I said earlier that that scene, that my first thought was, this is not a good idea. Um, Like with them drinking. I still don't think it was a good idea. No, it's a terrible like, idea. I, you don't mix drinking with the zombie apocalypse. Like no matter how you, the temptation, how much temptation there may be. I mean, I know I would probably... Hey, I love booze as if much as the, the next guy. If the zombie apocalypse but... happened, people, I would probably hit the bottle <laughs> real hard because I wouldn't know what else to do. No, I'm kidding. Um, but at the same time with that scene, I can see, like, I can understand, like, Madison, when she starts throwing the glasses, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I can I can totally. But it's just. She needs to get that anger and frustration out. And. But it it's works. all just such a bad idea. Throwing yeah, glasses all... at. And then playing a piano, really, really out of tune piano, Mm -hmm. really loudly. But that and and that's what caused their whole situation. He was playing the piano and it drew them all out. It also it drew the ones in the rooms out to the balcony because you could hear the piano from Alicia's standpoint very faintly, but you could still hear it. That was what was happening. So they were making all that noise. It drew the zombies out from the surrounding buildings out from all the rooms onto yeah. the balconies and then they just fell off the balconies and when they landed they get back up and keep walking and yeah so they screwed themselves there and yeah. now they're stuck in that bar yeah. with surrounded by zombies um now i am curious though the person who boarded up like who put everything up in the hotel like boarded up the hotel like or yep. barricaded and then switch the do not disturb signs around um and alicia even said something like where are they now when Mm -hmm. they walked in i am curious as to where that person might be if they're in the hotel or if they somehow made it out 
or if they are now a zombie. Like, I wonder could, could if be we're going to see things. that person. Maybe. I mean, it's a pretty big hotel, so they could be in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, Cowering in a broom closet? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know. Or they could be gone. I mean, who knows? But cool. Sort of a neat idea to have use the uh, do not disturb signs to indicate Yeah, and which like rooms that they were safe. turned to the one side, yeah. you know, the red side if they weren't safe, and the other one, the blue, I guess, good. if it was. Yeah. And then was. Alicia fixed the one that. Right. Because yeah, the guy was hanging the guy in the was shower. Hanging in the shower. She's like, oh, okay, let's fix that. There you go. So. You know, sitting here talking about this episode, I I kind of warming up a little bit to it. Not that I didn't like it to begin with, but I started by saying it was okay, just not my favorite. And I guess I I wouldn't say it was one of my favorites, but I think sort of all the stuff we we learned here and some of the stuff they set up um, is pretty interesting. So this episode, upon reflection, I think has gone up a, a notch for me. I would say, which is good. Uh, Anything else? I think that's everything. Cool. That's all I can think of. All right. We are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll do a little bit of listener feedback for this episode. Stay with us. Take a minute to thank a recent patron on Patreon. I have to send a shout out to Jennifer Graga or Grega for recently becoming a patron of ours. That's patreon.com slash the talking dead. You can make a small monthly pledge towards the show and, and all the money we collect goes into everything we need to record this and host this and put on this podcast. So thanks so much to everyone for supporting us there. You can also use our Amazon links if that's something you want to do. If you're shopping at Amazon, which I know everyone is, uh, just visit talkingdeadpodcast.com slash Amazon and click on the country of your choice before you do your shopping. And then a tiny little cut comes our way. And we really appreciate that too. So thanks so much for all your contributions and for helping us out with what we do here on the podcast. Listener feedback. All right. So we'll do a little bit of listener feedback for this episode for all you who got your comments in quick. 
quick and fast, fast and quick, quick and dirty. No, just <laughs> quick. Um, so Herman in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania writes, so is it just me or is the zombie camouflage too easy in this show? Uh, in the other show, they had to cover themselves with guts and more and move like zombies to remain undetected. Here, they just smear some blood and are totally invisible. It seems like they use it way too often, too. Way too often. I hope this eventually leads to a moment when someone tries it, comfortable in how well it works, and then they get eaten. I'm guessing it will be Nick's love interest, as she's expendable, and it will motivate Nick to stop doing that disgusting habit. <laughs> So is it too easy? Is it too I, easy to fair point, I think. Yeah. yeah. I I I have been thinking I was sort of thinking that as I was watching and and I'm I'm glad you read this one because I I didn't jot down that in my notes. When Luciana went over and Lucia just puts it on herself. Okay, let's go. And I'm like, "Really?" Well, she That's it. Yeah. She's like, "I can smell you from here." And I'm like, "I'm pretty sure you could still smell him when he just smeared that little bit on like it's not." Well, she barely puts anything on. Too. Yeah, She's and then couple. And the crazy part is like the zombie's going ah, at them, and as soon as she puts it on, he's still ah, but he's like completely ignores them. I'm like, yeah, they're still right there. Yeah, I mean, I, I know he's a zombie, <laughs> but still, right? No, I th I agree. I think they have made it a little too easy yeah. to wear the. We have two names for it. One is the stench coat. Oh right, and yes, the other is that. is the gourmaflage. The gourmaf I like. I lo personally love gourmaflage. Gourmaflage awesome. pretty good. <laughs> gourmaflage. Yeah. So I think they've made it too easy too. Uh, at least Nick like covers himself in it, so you can sort of believe it. Luciana did not. She like smeared a little on her forehead and was. But he and didn't was there. even smear as much this time. No, I know he didn't He's smear as much. Been smearing less and less. Yeah. When he first started doing it, he was like, "Yeah, all over," and now it's like. Do, 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 do. And that's it. Like just a few little spots, <laughs> little taps, um, um, like a powder puff. Like I'll just put it right here on my cheeks. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure that anyone is going <laughs> You're to. Not so sure. <laughs> Sorry. What? You sounded like you said. I'm not so sure. <laughs> I'm not so. I am not so sure. <laughs> um, if someone's going to die because of it. Uh, but what about the the idea that? Luciana is a love interest for Nick. Do you think there's going to be something oh, but, there? But was that what he was saying? I don't know. I think the, so. The listener was actually specifically pointing to that, or he, I think he maybe he was talking about an eventual love interest of Nick's. No. He, no, he was her, talking about Luciana? I think yeah, so. Yeah, I could see that maybe. He says, I'm guessing he, he, it will be if, Nick's love interest as she's expendable. So if, it's someone who exists if, already. If, um, if Nick, I mean, if Nick, jumps on this bandwagon the the uh for or not bandwagon but on this whole like belief system that they have then i think yeah it's plausible yeah i think so too uh i don't know if they'll go there again but i i think it could happen totally um all right christine in northwest england but originally from southern illinois writes i really feel like we the audience have been duped this show was hyped as being able to see the outbreak from the beginning. I don't know about you, but the look and feel of the episodes makes it seem like they are as far into the apocalypse as the main show. But we know that isn't the case. I mean, we had uh, organized pirate activity within a few days, for goodness sake. Now we have a full-on cult with sacrifices. How many weeks are we into the breakdown of society? How many weeks are we in? Not many. Like, like not that many. Like three. Yeah, 
So I mean, at the beginning, what I what I thought was good was near the beginning. Every time we saw a zombie, they weren't as zombified as Mm -hmm. they weren't as decomposed as the ones on the original series. They weren't. I know. And they're still I'd say they're still sort of not as much, but they're getting much more. Well, they're, than they're, they were. they're getting more decomposed quicker. Quicker now, yeah. Like the guy in the shower. Maybe it's the Mexi- It's the heat in Mexico. The heat? <laughs> they're the drying heat. them out or something? No, it's just, like, think about it. Like, it, it would just decompose in that heat. Like, the, the flesh would just melt. Well, it would dry more. up. Maybe it would dry up the water quicker. So yeah. you, look, you look more wasted away. Yeah. Could be. I don't know, but it does seem like and they're... the smell, man. Ooh, it does seem like bad. the zombies are decomposing quicker but not only that like christine says you know full-on pirate activity yeah in the, in the and seas. organized cults and gangs and yeah i just the, the pirate activity is weird for sure but i feel like something that we like what we have going on in this place with the doctor or the pharmacist I should have mentioned Don't earlier. Don't say the doctor, because then I get confused. Yeah, then I think sorry. we're talking about Doctor Who here. No, no, no. <laughs> he, he, remember, he said he was a pharmacist. Anyways, yeah. um, that kind of person can probably take over and influence people pretty quickly. Like, he might have just been waiting for his moment, and then the zombie apocalypse came, and he's like, now's my chance. I can start a cult. Yeah. But it still does seem like it felt Yeah, everything's happened, quick. happened quite quickly if it's only... Yeah. And Only we definitely, weeks. we definitely didn't get to see the outbreak slowly from the beginning. Like we kind of were yeah, promised. Yeah, we kind of went from nothing to full on. Now that I think about it, Quick. it's sort of, it started out where there was not many zombies or there weren't many infected. And then all of a sudden, boom, there's like tons of them. And I'm like, what? And they're what already happened? in Mexico. And, and it was yeah. funny because I was talking to a friend who she doesn't watch the original series because she... It's just too gory for her. She just can't get past it. Mm -hmm. And so then, but her husband watches it. And then she started watching Fear the Walking Dead with him because he was like, it's not as gory. And and she said to me, oh, I quite like the first season. She's like, oh, I quite like it. There's not as many zombies. And then as soon as season two started, I was like, oh, I don't think she's going to like it anymore. Yeah. It's not going to be your thing. So yeah, it sort of went from... Zero to 60 in no time. In no time. Or as we say here, zero to 100 kilometers an hour. Zero, that's right. <laughs> uh, Jeremy in East York, Toronto writes, Oh, hey. I know uh, that they're new to the apocalypse and all, but even so, getting hammered in an open space, seriously, that's beyond stupid. Especially for two main characters that have been ultimate survivors so far. I don't know if it's just bad writing or not, but I have a hard time. I have a really hard time believing they would do this. It brought me out of the show, and I had a hard time getting back into it. So we've yeah. kind, of, kind of mentioned that, like bad yeah, idea the to get whole, drunk. Yeah, the bad idea to get drunk. And I think most people would agree about that one. That was just really like, come on. Yep. Really, really silly. Yeah. <clears throat> but you know what? Maybe they're going to learn their lesson, and they won't yeah. do it again. Well, I love how it's like the ex- – you know, the, the older sort of more experienced adults are off in the bar getting drunk. And then the younger <laughs> ones are upstairs trying to find supplies, trying to like find ways to survive. I'm like, really? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Sometimes the, well, sometimes, sometimes the kids are smarter the kids that are smarter right? than, than the adults. Well, yeah. Um, next email comes from, I believe this name is pronounced, uh, Thice. 
It's T-H-I-J-S in the Netherlands. Uh, and I looked it up and one website said that it rhymes with nice. Okay. <laughs> so thice. Uh, unless they meant Nice, the place, and then it's Thies. Okay, well. But I think it's thice. Anyways. Nice, <laughs> Uh, that was an intense episode. The guy being fed to the walkers in front of his daughter, the walkers falling down the hotel, the conversation about the likely suicide of Nick's father. This one kept me on the edge of my seat and it ended with some exciting cliffhangers for next week. Really solid episode this week after the very nice bottle episode last week. Hope they can keep this coming up for the coming weeks. Oh, interesting. So good. Yeah, no, that's... It did set up a lot, right? No, we've, and I mean, sorry, go on. We've got uh, Strand and Madison trapped in the bar. We've got Ophelia and Alicia kind of trapped. Well, Ophelia's disappeared. Alicia's, you know, stuck upstairs. And um, we've got, what's Nick doing? Where, oh, Nick's in the, in Nick's, the cult room at the end. So yeah. um, lots of setup, and there should be lots of cool stuff to pay off. And... Um, Thice, the I guess it's pronounced Thice or well, that's the what listener, I think. Um, makes nice. a really interesting point. Just like that, it was an intense episode on the edge of their seat. I I wouldn't say I was on the edge of my seat, but very good points. Like in terms of that beginning with the guy being fed to the wall of walkers in front of his daughter. I mean, that was that scene. Like really, I found that disturbing. Yeah, and I found like yeah, again the walkers falling off the balconies. Like I said before, I found that disturbing. But I found that disturbing just because of what it reminds me of in history, right? But, right. Um, but the the opening yeah. scene, you have to remember that he was voluntarily going into the into the wall. Or so of we're led to believe. Okay, so we're led to believe he, but he walked through there, right, on his own. And so I think what they're trying to tell us is just how much influence um dr nunez has over these people that he's able to convince them that if they have a stuffy nose they're going to walk into the wall of walkers because they're no longer uh, or that's what they want should want to do right so it's set up sacrificing themselves it's set up how you know how crazy this group is or Mm -hmm. or how much influence he has anyways Uh, a couple more noop j in dallas writes so i wonder if alex stole the abigail not too likely given the know-how required unless her group is organized and she's the next boss they have to battle. Um, honestly, though, I don't exactly relish the idea of any more at sea episodes. Mm-hmm. So you remember Alex? She was the one who survived the plane crash and oh, yeah. they picked her and up. They, and wait a minute, there was a boat that resembled the boat she was in that they left her in. Was, was it not? No, they left Oh, no, she ended up on a different boat. Sorry. They floated her away in a in a dinghy. Yeah, but there I was think. a dinghy on the beach. Oh yeah, no, but that was their dinghy. That was the oh, boat was they left okay, to, okay. to come from the Abigail onto shore. Yeah, because whatever happened to Alex? I mean, Alex was in that whole like the little those clip the plane clips, mm-hmm. and the whole point of that was only one person from that was going to survive, and it was Alex. And appear on the show, and she did. And appear on the show, but then she had the shortest little bit on the show, and then she's gone. And yep. she's got to show up again. I think that I think that might be uh, a good theory. I don't know that she may have taken the Abigail. I'm pretty sure that it's an interesting theory, but I'm pretty sure she's done. I mean, unless she comes back at some point way in the future, but I think <clears throat> I I just think they're done with her for some reason. She was with that other group, remember? who yeah, tried with, to board the Abigail. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, <clears throat> I don't know. 
I'd, I'd be surprised. But interesting. I mean, someone must have stole the boat. Strand seems to think it was the military. They let them get to shore so easy just so they'd get off the boat, then they could just come and oh, take it away. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Uh, Josh on our Facebook page wrote, I'm still enjoying the show a great deal, and I'm often surprised by how quickly folks are falling off the Fear of the Walking Dead train. I find Nick and Strand to be compelling. I'm intrigued by the cult angle, um, it, which reminds me of a storyline from the Woodbury novels, and I'm really excited for each new episode. So there you mm. go. You know, some people love it, some people don't, yep. and uh, we're all over the place. We are going to end with a call from uh, Shantiri. So again, another name I'm not sure of, but uh, Shantiri on the internet. Just saw Fear the Walking Dead, and I was so scared. When Alicia was looking out the window and the zombies started dropping off the balconies, my heart jumped and I squealed a little bit. Um, even though in the trailer you could see her looking, like, you know, you could see the zombies falling, so I kind of expected it to happen, but I didn't expect it to happen like that. And then when you could see the zombies walking with the broken legs and they're still hobbling all around, I have to admit, I was scared and I liked it. I was scared and I liked yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> So that's fun. Thank you for the call. All right. That is going to do it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so at uh, talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. That's our email address. Visit the website, too, where you can find all of our episodes, everyone we've ever released going back six years, seven years. Um and uh, on Twitter, we are at Talking Dead and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Talking Dead. I should remind you that on the website, you can click send voicemail and uh, record a message right into your computer. We love voicemails. It's the best way to hear from you. Uh, we love emails, too, though. It's fine. Okay. Whatever you want to do. Um, thanks for filling in again. My pleasure. Very good. Uh, and uh, should I read this conversation here that Rich in Minneapolis sent? Maybe I'll do oh, it. Oh, is it like what do you imagine the writers were saying? Yeah, yeah. Other? Okay, May yeah, I kind of want. Maybe I'll do it after after we end. So stay tuned for that. Uh, otherwise, everyone, my name is Chris, and I'm Christina. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Test one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five. Talking into my microphone. Who put the bump in the bumps, bumps, bump? Who put the ram in the ram and lemon ding dong? What was that from? <laughs> it's funny. Who was that man? I'd like to shake his hand. He made my baby fall in love with me. You don't know that song? It's like a 1950s song. I do recognize that. Who put the that. dip in the dip, 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 dip? Who put the whatever else? Oh my gosh, it's like really hot. It's getting hot in here. <laughs> Very good. I'm just going to sing the whole thing, time, the whole okay? Thing? All right, fine. We need to get Nick in a desperate place. Let's have someone just beat him senseless and lose his supplies. That's good, but, uh, you know, that's good, but what else can we do? Let's bring on bad guys who shoot at him. Why are they shooting at him? Don't need a reason. They just like shooting things. Americans will get that immediately. Oh, ooh, we can even have them use a herd of zombies Nick has been walking with as target practice. I like it. So how do we get rid of them? One can notice Nick is alive and be so stunned he and another one will f forget to run. No one will buy that. Come on, we need something else. I got it. 
He drops his bullets and scrambles to pick them up. And another one? Oh, never, never mind. He'll just be the dumb guy. What else can we do to him? How about dogs? They can wake him with a warning growl, wait for him to get up, and then leap on him as he climbs something. But won't he be trapped? How will he get away? Duh, zombie herd to distract the dogs. This all just seems so illogical. We'll film it beautifully, add some dramatic touching flashbacks, and present it as a loving character study. Plus, people love Frank. They'll eat it up. 